Hey, what's going on today, guys? It's Casey Bethia. I'm here with the podcast. I'm back. I got a special guest today. It's my man, Matt, from the Steel Crew. He's all the way out in Long Beach, California. And uh, this is a special episode because he actually had me on his podcast, which was my first time being a guest. And now it's my first time hosting a guest. So it's only right. Uh, I return the favor. So uh, say, say what's up, Matt. Hey, what's going on, Casey? Hey, so, uh, yeah, my man Matt's from the Steel Crew. We're going to get into a lot of football. He has a very big Twitter, so we got a guy who's tried and true, a big football fan. So uh, the first thing we'll be talking about is NFL free agency um, winners and losers. And a couple of winners that I had uh, were the Browns, the 49ers, the Raiders, and the Rams. And for, uh, the Browns, obviously, it seems good on paper. They always make a lot of moves, but uh, Tyrod Taylor, Carlos Hyde, Jarvis Landry, and then they got uh, some secondary help with EJ Gaines, TJ Carey, and Terrence Mitchell, and Demorius Randall. So it's not the biggest names on the defense, but at least it gives some competition. Uh, with the 49ers, they got Jarek McKinnon, which is a pretty good running back, and especially with Shanahan. Uh, Weston Richburg is a, a good center. Richard Sherman, obviously, a good signing for them. And then with the Raiders, I think with John Gruden, uh, he's helping uh, put in some dynamic talent, such as Jordy Nelson and Doug Martin. Uh, who are some of your uh, winners? Uh, I, I wrote down two winners here. Um, one AFC, one NFC. I got the Titans as uh, my first winner. Uh, they acquired Deion Lewis, a nice one-two punch with Derrick Henry. I think it's a nice change of pace back, a guy who can come in on third down, the pass-catching situation. Uh, and obviously you have Derrick Henry, who, who took a bulk of the load last year behind Murray. Um, also, they acquired Malcolm Butler, another uh, young corner to pair with their young secondary. And then they got Kevin Byard, uh, an upcoming safety. They signed Logan Ryan a free agency last year. Drafted as Willie Jackson in the first round, so I think Malcolm Butler is a great addition to the secondary. Yeah. Uh, they lost Avery Williams to the Jets, unfortunately. That was, I think, one of their uh, one of an underrated signings by the Jets. Uh, according to PFF, he had one of the lowest, uh, I'm sorry, the lowest missed tackle percentage in the NFL last year. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I think it, it is a huge loss there in the middle for them. Uh, but it definitely doesn't overshadow all the acquisitions that they made. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that Bills will be looking for linebackers somewhere early in the draft. Uh, my other winner is going to be the 49ers. Uh, as you said already, uh, they were very active in free agency this year. Signing Weston Richburg. Uh, they re-signed Gary Gilliam. Logged in with the million-dollar man to the BG as a uh, long-term quarterback there. And obviously, we, we can't go without talking about Richard Sherman coming from Seattle. Um, obviously, a huge move to bolster their secondary. Went to the rivals, so now we're seeing what, what it's like for him on the other side. Of this rivalry between the 49ers and Seahawks. Yeah. And then they acquired Derek McKinnon. They, they didn't bring back Carlos High, which I thought they would do. Uh, but Derek McKinnon, who's kind of a lady on Bell type running back, he can pass catch. He's great in, in receiving game, and he's a great runner, very, very fast, and he's a great return specialist. Uh, so those are my winners, my winners for uh, free agency. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, especially the Titans. That's who I was going to touch on. But I mean, you pretty much summed it up. Moving on uh, to the losers. Uh, I think I have two losers selected. One is the Seattle Seahawks, clearly losing Sherman. Um, nobody knows what's going to happen with Cam Chancellor, if he's going to continue playing. I mean, it seems like he will, but it's still kind of risky being a neck injury. You have Earl Thomas, who could possibly be on the trade block. We don't know what's going on there. So it looks like it's the end of the Legion of Boom and Michael Bennett uh, leaves. So it looks like they're getting ready to start over. Um, I don't think they addressed the running back position adequately, and they signed a few offensive linemen, uh, no big names along the offensive line, so they kind of worried me. And also, my next loser is uh, the Cardinals. I put them there because it seemed like they were in the Kirk stakes for a little bit, and then 
they lost out on that and opted for Bradford with like $40 million, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, I get it. It's a quarterback, and he's had some decent moments, but, I mean, I think that's a lot of money for him. Uh, so who are some of your uh, losers? Like I said, I, I did another one I agree on the Seahawks. You know, losing Sherman, they cut him. They cut Jeremy Lane, another huge piece of their secondary. Uh, and they also lost Paul Richardson to the rest of your Redskins. Um, they're kind of going, to, I would say, in the rebuilding mode. They obviously, they're still not Russell Wilson. They're still other franchise quarterback. But all, all things are pointing down. And like you said, you know, Earl Thomas could be on the trading block. We're not sure of the status of Sam Chancellor. As he said, you know, he's flirted with retirement here and there. Uh, injury history, so... And, and they even, you know, recently they just lost out on Terrell Fire, who, who just went to the Jets. And, you know, I, I heard that Terrell Fire had narrowed it down to the Seahawks and the Jets, and he went to New York. So, something they definitely missed out on there as well. And then, obviously, the Legion of Boom is coming to an end. So, like, like I said, you, you pretty much hit it all on all terms there. Seahawks won, and then surprisingly, you, you probably won't agree with this one, but the Raiders, uh, they had to have a lot of signings, but they weren't big signings. So, yeah. I got a list here of all their signings, the, the, the key ones that they had. So Doug Martin, uh, Derek Carrier, Jordy Nelson, Marcus Gilchrist, and Tahir Whitehead, all guys who I don't think will make an impact. They have a lot of cap space to go out and get big free agents, but they decided to go the cheaper route and get more for a lot less. Um, the only guy I really see really making an impact is probably Doug Martin. Uh, even though he was not very solid with Tampa Bay the last couple of years, we know what kind of potential that he has and the numbers he can put up. And he is coming back home to Oakland, where he is from. So I, I do think Doug Martin will be a good signing there. And then uh, they cut Crabtree. I, I don't really understand the process behind that or what they were thinking. They went with a, an older injury-prone receiver, Jordy Nelson, over a younger Crabtree, who I think is going to be more productive next year with Baltimore. They're not saying a lot because Baltimore, obviously, is, is not the wide receiver guy. <laughs> yeah. um, but Raiders are that big losers to me, in my opinion, even though they have a lot of signings. So cutting Crabtree, like I said, wasn't very ideal. I, I think you know the connection between him and Carr was great, but uh, that's what I have as my two losers: Seattle and Oakland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, that you come to say that, I'm I'm not saying that I don't agree with what I said originally, but yeah, definitely. Uh, see why you could feel that way. I think I'm more so fascinated with the big names and the fact that John Gruden's taken over. I kind of feel like John Gruden can can fix anything. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, we'll see if if they turn out to be winners or losers. But uh, this next category isn't necessarily winners or losers it's kind of who I uh, see fit as they address needs and we'll see how it plays out but I have the Bucks. they were last in sacks and they were like 28th in uh, pressures so they add JPP in the trade that they had yesterday and then they add Vinnie Curry and BU Allen so they got guys who can definitely come in and if not start at least rotate and get quality reps and then you have the Ravens who address the receiver position like you were just talking about. They add a Crabtree who's a really good receiver. And then they add John Brown who could maybe fit the slot, maybe be a receiver two or three borderline. So we'll see what happens there. But they add some bodies to compete. And then your Steelers, uh, I like the John Bostic signing, especially with Shazier going down. And then uh, Marcus Burnett, who's a really good safety that I'm really surprised that you guys signed. And I'm really happy for you guys because that's a really quality player. Uh, do you have anything from this uh, section? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you on the Ravens. It's obviously, I mean, it's obvious they need to, you know, receiver help, and it's something that they've lacked ever since, you know, Anquan Bolden was traded off to San Francisco a couple of years ago, and ever since Torrey Smith left for, I think, it was in San Francisco. Um, you know, it, it, they, they, they got it done. I know they, they had Ryan Grant in the bag, but I think once they saw that Crabtree was cut, then they kind of said, hey, you know, 
were going to kind of, you know, play it off like you felt your physical, which I 100% know they did. Yeah. And so they can sign Crabtree. Um, so I, I would say, you know, Ravens probably, they, they said they need the most. And then I'm, you know, going to be a little biased. And the Steelers, you know, I think they're going to be a little stopgap. I think the Steelers will take an inside linebacker round one. It'd be kind of a little bridge to the next rookie. Uh, we got to pass the torch to. Yeah. Uh, and then, like you, know, you said, Morgan Burnett coming over. Uh, you know, Mike Mitchell was uh, not a quality starter the last couple of years. He's kind of on the decline. So the Steelers needed the huge hole to fill for the free safety spot. Safety spot. So, uh, you know, all signs at this point, Deshaun Davis going to free safety and then Morgan Burnett uh, being, you know, played strong safety, playing to the box. Lots of boards. So. Yeah, so it looks like you guys' defense is definitely uh, on the come up or at least much improved to help you stay uh, contending in the AFC. So, um, Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, hope yeah, so. definitely. <laughs> so to kind of veer away from, since the first initial wave of free agency is kind of over and it's like an influx of talents is kind of dimming down, we get the NFL draft coming up at the end of April. So this is another time where that's exciting for football fans. So before we get into like the top 10-ish, how does this JPP trade affect the the Giants draft plan, if, if it does at all? I've also I've heard rumors that the Giants could take Bradley Chubb at number two. Now that uh, Pierre Paul is going to be shipped out to Tampa Bay for the couple draft picks, I don't I don't know if I totally buy into that. We we see Eli Manning is I would say pretty much washed by now. <laughs> I, I don't think he could be an elite starter in the league anymore. Um, so I, I I would say if anything, Chubb at number two would be the shakeup. I don't think it'll happen. I, do, I still do believe that uh, they will take a quarterback, and I think it is going to be – well, actually, no. I mean, I I think – here's your shot. I, I, I think if Barkley goes number one, then the Giants will take a quarterback. But I think if Barkley's at number two, it'll be Barkley with the Giants. But yeah. uh, like you said, I, I don't know if it, it'll shake anything up in the draft. Like I said, the only real realistic uh, thing I can see is Chubb going to number two. But like I said, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, – Good trade for the Buccaneers. Uh, they, they obviously they needed the pass rush, last in the league in sacks last year, last in quarterback pressures. They needed the pass rusher there, and, then, and I know JPP might not be the ideal guy, but he's definitely someone that can step in right away and you know put up seven, eight sacks a year. So it's definitely much needed, especially on the off their defense. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you, and especially adding JPP, like you said, he's not the most productive at this stage, but he's still a, a good player and a veteran at the very least, and then you get a Vinnie Curry who's not himself a sack artist, but can generate pressures, can stop the run, and then you still have Noah Spence, who was looked at as a first-round talent out of Ohio State, but he had to transfer due to some problems. So, I mean, they got they got talent, they got leadership, it's just, it has to all come together, so we'll see what happens yeah. with that. Um Getting into the actual draft, before you give your top ten, if you are the GM of the Cleveland Browns, what are you doing at number one? Uh, I'm, I'm taking the, the best quarterback in the draft, and that's Sam Darnold. I, I don't think there's any question that's what they should do. Uh, Sam Darnold is a great athlete. Yeah, comparison for me has to be Big Ben coming out. guy who can, who can tuck and run when he needs to, a guy who can step up in the pocket and throw the ball, and also a guy who can move out of the pocket and throw the ball on the run. Uh, a huge comparison to Big Ben, like I said, their traits are similar to when Ben came out in 2004 out of uh, Miami, Ohio. Uh, so I, I would take Darnold number one, and then uh, number four, I actually, uh, I'm going to wait off on that because I actually have a bold prediction for you when we talk about the whole draft thing. So, okay, so I'm going to wait on that. I'm mad as well. Just let you keep going. So give your, you can give your top ten or your bold prediction however you want to uh, get into the top ten. So I, I actually, uh, I, I, got my, I got a top five. I didn't know we were going to go all the way to ten, but I got a top five here. 
So okay. I, got, I got the Browns taking uh, Sam Darnold at number one. I had the Giants taking Saquon Barkley at number two. I had the Jets taking Josh Rosen at number three. And I actually have Arizona trading up with Cleveland uh, from 21 to take Baker Mayfield. Mm. And then I have the Broncos taking uh, Minka Fitzpatrick mm. in Alabama. Uh, so I, I think Arizona is definitely a, a team to watch out for. Sam, Sam Bradford for a year, $20 million, and they also signed Mike Lennon. I am still lost as to why they would give that much money to Sam Bradford, who hasn't really proven anything in his career, and losing the best safety in the league in Tyron Matthew. Don't want to get into that. I don't know why it happened, but these quarterbacks are going to be here. I think uh, they know what they're going to do. I think they're going to be trading up. Uh, if not, number four, and somewhere maybe later, depending on how the draft goes, they get a quarterback, so they know what they're going to be doing, obviously, by giving Bradford and Lennon the one-year deals. Um, maybe just to sit behind those guys one year, like I said, Baker Mayfield, sit behind those guys one year, kind of, you know, learn from the sideline, get some mental reps, yeah. and then, you know, go from there after the year and see what the, uh, the quarterback process looks like in Arizona. Word. Yeah, sounds sounds uh, good. I think that trade, if that were to happen, I think that would definitely shake some things up. I would be happy for Arizona because at this point, with Bradford as a starting quarterback, like you said, even without the money, he's just not someone I want to see start for your team, and especially a team like that. Maybe with the Vikings where you've got a, a stout defense he can get by, but with them, like you said, losing Tyron and just the, the state of the Cardinals right now doesn't look too good, so seeing somebody like him start, I would hope they would have a rookie to at least learn under or possibly start, d- depending on how they want to approach the situation, but I think they should definitely draft a, a starting worthy quarterback within this year, maybe that can play next year or this year, depending on how they want to go about it, so um, yeah, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Bradford is a great quarterback to kind of bridge to the next guy. Yeah, we we saw he was productive in the, in the games he played with Minnesota, and he, he's not a bad quarterback by any means. He's just not a guy like you said that you don't want to you don't have on your franchise, especially if he's getting older now. Yeah. Um, but I I mean on a one year deal, it's perfect. I don't know about the money. I mean, twenty million is kind of a lot. Yeah. Especially for a guy who's very who's, he performs on the field though. I mean, don't get me wrong, but. Uh, I, I I do think it, it's a good gap to, to kind of bridge off to the next guy, whoever it may be. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, who are some of your draft sleepers? I know uh, we talked about it, but if you could just share some of the people that you keep your eye on, maybe sixth round, seventh round, fifth. I don't know where. Who, who do you? Who are some guys that you have your eye on? Well, I, I don't have any sixth rounders, but I do have three sleepers that could possibly go in the first round, uh, and maybe might even fall to the second round. But yeah. The first one for me, uh, sleeper, is uh, Rashawn Evans, linebacker from Alabama. Now, again, a lot of hype just because there are guys like Roquan Smith and uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah. I, I forget which one is the linebacker. I know there's two brothers there. Yeah. Uh, getting a lot of the hype in the linebacker spot. And they're getting kind of the glory there. But Rashawn Evans is, is a guy who can play outside. He can play inside. Like I said, he, can, he can rush the passer. Um, he, he's a great guy, sideline to sideline. A guy who just has the effort. He's got speed. Uh, I, I like I said I love this guy and I want the Steelers to take him if he's available at uh, number twenty eight. Uh, but it, like I said, then huge sleeper here, great talent. Uh, I, I definitely think he could be a Ryan Shazier type player. He's very fast. Yeah. Um, but I do definitely think you know he's more bulky than Shazier, so maybe tackle a little better. I know we saw poor tackling for him on his injury and wish it didn't happen. But yeah. Um, my second one is going to be the brother of Eric Reed, and that's Justin Reed safety out of Stanford. Another guy who played all over the field, a ball hockey safety, 
I believe he had five or six interceptions last year with Stanford. So I definitely think he's a sleeper. Could could kind of sneak in the background, uh, back in the first round. Uh, if not, going to be uh, an early second round pick, day two. Uh, and then the guy that uh, my last guy here is Maurice Hurst, the defensive end out of Michigan. Yeah. He did leave the combine. Uh, he got sent home with that heart condition, but I saw today that he did get cleared to play. That's another guy who I think can be kind of like another Aaron Donalds. Uh, I do believe he does fit well uh, in a four a four three as a defensive tackle, yeah, just playing interior. So I, I definitely think he's got that Aaron Aaron Donald type of performance. He's a guy who can rush the passer. He's great in run defense, and he's just got a great motor. So those are definitely my three sleepers. And I think guys who uh, will probably go in the first round, depending on the back end. I know, like I said, with Curse, he's got that heart condition, so we don't know how far he'll drop. And then uh, Reed, like I said, can sneak in the back of the first round. So. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good. I definitely think they could all be uh, huge impact players. A, a sleeper that I have, I may be a little bit biased, and I apologize if anyone <laughs> has a problem with that, but um, this guy Chase Edmonds out of Fordham University, um, a smaller school, so he's not getting a lot of hype, but, I mean, this is a guy that actually came from Harrisburg, the same city I'm from, and I pl- actually played against him in high school. Uh, he was a monster then. He was a monster in college, has broken many, many records. Uh, in that league, I'm pretty sure it's D1 AA, I believe, uh, or FCS school. Uh, so yeah, he's he was actually had the best shuttle for the running back group in the NFL Combine. So this is a guy who can play football. He's a bit undersized, but I've seen the Patriots actually interview with him. I think Belichick would have a lot of success uh, if he was given that oh opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So um. Oh boy. <laughs> so he's a a guy that I really think that can find some success and not just straight bias. I think he can. Uh, be a good player and another guy I don't know if this is necessarily a sleeper and after I discuss him then you can give your opinion on him uh Shaquem Griffin uh the guy from UCF the defensive end that kind of took over the combine in a way ran the ridiculous 4-3 that I had no idea he was even capable of uh he bench pressed yeah with only one hand he did it with the prosthetics so this is a guy who can play football and I guarantee you if he was a little bit bigger or if he had uh, two hands this guy would be first round easily so it might not be a sleeper but I think he'll definitely thrive in whatever situation he ends up uh, what do you think on him do you think he'll be productive do you where do you think he fits maybe I've seen some people say maybe a will linebacker or a defensive end what do you think about him Dude, he, he can ball he, he is an out of center and like you said if he had his other hand he would easily probably be a top 10 pick broke records I mean for linebackers in, in the 40 time at the Combine. And uh, you know what? If, if he can play, the, ol- the only thing the only thing that we have to worry about with him is, is can he wrap up? Can he make tackles? Yeah. And we saw enough of that at, at, at Central Florida with him. He's not going to be a first-rounder just because of that, but I definitely, I definitely can see him going in the second or third round. He'll, he'll still be a higher pick. He's not going to slide down. There's going to be a team that takes a chance on him, yeah. and, and they're going to love his production. They're going to get a steal whoever takes him. Yeah, exactly. And even with, even even if you set aside the extreme talent he has, you still have a guy that's going to come in and he's going to change the tone of a locker room. People are going to love him. People are going to feed off of his energy. And it, I don't think there can be any negatives from that situation. Even if he's not like a four down player, he'll still be able to be sprinkled in a certain packages and still add a nice pass for us, add some dynamic quality. So it's a player to definitely keep an eye on if eyes aren't enough on him. And we'll see how he does. Uh, shortly coming up whenever he's drafted and in a training camp and everything. And, and it sucks, too, because obviously he can't control that. He, he can't control what, what these scouts and these teams are thinking. Like I said, one team gets a hold of him, they they might be uh, getting 
getting the bang for their buck, man. I mean, he, he can just he can flat out ball. And I, I hope he lands with a team that actually needs a linebacker and actually could use him because, I mean, his, his athletic ability is off the charts. So I, I, I do wish him the best luck. Yeah, same. So, yeah, uh, we talked about it all. We talked about uh, free agency. We talked about uh, some of the winners, the losers, teams who fill needs. We talked about the draft, some sleepers, uh, top ten or top five prediction from you with a bold prediction of a trade. So uh, this pretty much concludes the podcast. I mean, there's not much more to talk about for right now. We got to save some stuff since I we're about to hit. A, to talk about. Yeah, one more. I got one thing. We need, we need to hear your top five. <laughs> Who's going top five? What are your picks? Uh, you? My top five. All right, man. Putting me a little bit on the spot. So um, I believe right now if what I think the Browns should do, I, this top five is a little bit more what I think should happen versus what I think actually will happen. So if I'm Cleveland at number one, to be honest, I take Saquon Barkley just because if you do take a quarterback, that might Sam Darnold could very well be the guy, be a generational quarterback. But I feel like if you take uh, Saquon Barkley at one, you have a stud running back or at least someone who looks to be a stud with a Carlos Hyde and you have Jarvis Landry, Coleman, you have Josh Gordon, you have Dave Njoka, you have talented weapons, and then at four, you go and get a quarterback. Hopefully, it's a guy that you're a fan of, and then you'll be able to build around that. You already have hella weapons, and then there's no reason for them not to be successful, or at least somewhat successful, um, or a tie rod at the very least, to have some fun with those guys. Um, at number two, if that happens, for some reason, I think the Giants at two will take uh, – Josh Rosen I don't know why exactly I think that but I just feel like he he just looks more like like a giant to me I don't know why if he if it's just similarities to Eli but I feel like he just fits the more prototypical quarterback yeah, and I, feel I, like, I had that feeling too yeah. I had that exact about him yeah definitely and I feel like because Sam Darnold has been linked to the Browns so much I feel like they're kind of already looking into that second option maybe being a Josh Rosen um at three it's the Colts I th- I've seen uh, Bradley Chubb mocked to them a lot of times, so I'm going to go there. They definitely need um, some uh, some pass rush help. If they didn't go there, I would recommend uh, Quentin Nelson. I know that's kind of early for alignment, but the key is to protect Andrew Luck. I mean, this guy is the franchise, so they need to uh, fix that issue. At number four is the, the Jets, I believe, right? Oh, yeah, 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 the Browns, yeah, my bad. So, yeah, I think at four, I think this is where they take the best uh, defensive player available if they already – well, if, actually, if they take um, if they take Barkley one, then I think they get their quarterback at four. I think that could be uh, Josh Allen possibly, or I think they might just go into straight defense and get a Minka Fitzpatrick, get one of these great players. And honestly, though, I think – if they take Barkley one and Minka at four, I think they take the best two players on the board. And yet there's still a hole at quarterback. But, I mean, they have a pretty uh, developed secondary. Not secondary, but these these talented players coming in. And then at five is, is the Broncos, correct? Yes. Yeah, so at, uh, at five, uh, I think they take a Baker Mayfield possibly or a Josh Allen, whichever one I feel that they truly fit fits their offense and what they're doing. If I had to pick... Right now, I'd say Baker Mayfield just because he seems like the more pro-ready right at this moment. But, yeah, I could see them easily picking one of those guys, whoever they feel is the best, to sit kind of behind. Uh, um, damn, what's the quarterback that they just signed? I can't think of his name right now from uh, Minnesota. 
Uh, Case Case Keenum. Case Keenum, yeah, I don't know why I forgot that. But, yeah, I think that's how the top five could go, or at least what I would do if I was those teams, respectively. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think this is the first year in a long time where the top five is kind of, like, not set, so we don't really know. Yeah, exactly. Usually every year we know who the first pick is going to be, and I think right now it's becoming more clear it's going to be Darnold. But the top five, it's it's up for grabs, man. And anything could happen. Like I said, trades could happen. I know we already saw one. The Jets, uh, I'm sorry, the Jets trade up with the Colts to get in. So we'll see, man. It's going to be interesting draft, and I'm very excited to watch it. Yeah, me too, man. This is going to be a great draft and a lot of uh, surprises that should definitely have a huge effect on the rest of the league. So, yeah, like I said, we talked about it all. Um, we're going to he- uh, head out of here. I appreciate you for coming on, man. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to oh, yeah, no uh, touch on hey, or if you want to? Yeah, or, or even if uh, – tell the people where they can find you if they want to keep up with you at all. All right, man. Yeah, it's, uh, so if you guys are here on Twitter, uh, my, my at name is The Steel Crew. You guys can uh, follow me on there. And if you want to hit me up on Instagram, my at name is King with Matt, K-I-N-G-I-N-W-I-T-M-A-T-T, King with Matt. Uh, so you guys, make sure you drop me a follow. I look forward to uh, talking to you guys soon. All right, man. I appreciate you. That's Matt, and we out.